yeah, yeah. I'm gonna email your bosses directly. All cameras. To I, ha- I have their emails. We used to work in similar places. I love that you can control that from your watch. Maybe yeah, you do know. Need to get We're in the future, watch. man. Oh my god. You should listen to our podcast. Man. Yeah. I mean, we got all sorts of tips and tricks. Don't lie. Don't lie to me. Keith. I listen to episodes that I think pertain to the things that I like. Okay, that's fair. Or, you know what? I respect that. And or the ones that include me. So I will listen to this one. <laughs> Yeah. So a total, total so of like, like three episodes. episodes. Okay. Yeah. Four, four episodes, episodes so far. Or there's a few episodes where Danny's like, we talked about you a lot. And I'm like, well, <laughs> got to hear if it's good or bad. <laughs> I mean, listen, so. that's it. I'm a salesman <laughs> now, you know, I got to you know, get people to listen. That's up, how you get you know? me going. That's how you it's get fine. me yeah. listening. That's how you get me. It's just like be relevant. It, well, I mean, we're not going to be relevant me. to you all the time <laughs> uh, because mean, I don't know if we're relevant to each other all the time. That's fair. That's no, no. So we we have we have uh, peaks and valleys in which we uh, like what we say and what we uh, don't like. Sure, sure. That's how many episodes have we nuked? Three, three, four? three. three. Most of those are, to be fair, my fault because uh, I'm usually scared about what I've said. Mm. He uh, gets paranoid about it, and then I play yeah. it back to Lily, and she's like, eh, "It's fine." And then I'm like, "Well, mm. he's not going to like that answer." Yeah, so. yeah it's not. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's maybe okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Play it safe. I don't think that's ever... what happens when when you're, you're a statue a statue of like Spencer now. Well, sometimes we also just you know we got to get away from talking about work. <laughs> that's true. On the podcast, I think that would be helpful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like tertiarily related to the world of work. That's right, fair. right, right, right. As well, why our subject matter is so easy to stay away from work. Which is you know my brother brought work into the conversation for a while. We're just like, hey man, this is a safe space. We only talk basketball here. Work, yeah. Work doesn't exist here. I don't know about that, man. I heard a lot of how's your first day going. That's this fair. recent episode. That's fair. So. I was just so proud of him. <laughs> Because so he has a job? He finally See, got here a job. it is. We're talking about jobs. Damn what did you bring it in like this, Jay? Come on. Why did we bring this no guy idea. here? Whose idea You're was right. this? You're right. That's, oh on my me. God. That's on me. Welcome to the DMGT podcast. Uh, I'm uh, the second host with the least, Spencer. Oh, God. And I'm the host with the most, Danny. And I just want to do a quick disclaimer. I, I'm holding my microphone and I'm not wearing headphones. I may be all over the place in the levels today. Uh, and of part of that fine. We're fine. is because, you know, we have a guest we and do have a guest. I didn't want to deal with my other microphone. So I'm just using the, literally the, was the closest microphone <laughs> to the recording area, uh, which is more for <laughs> not this, uh, Danny, as the first host, would you like to introduce our guest? You know, Spencer hosts us, which is Crazy because I'm just saying host a bunch of times. Uh, welcome, Jay Keyless of the Yay Network. You may know him from podcasts like NBA, Eat Yay Love, and the now defunct Double Yay. Well, most of them are defunct at this point, but <laughs> RIP. Are you RIP currently doing a podcast? We have one podcast. It is NBA. And yes, we are still the Yay Network. Despite hey, the fact if you that like NBA podcasts, go check out NBA. They're a good podcast. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good idea to do that. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a review. I, I, I was actually listening uh, this weekend to not your NBA podcast, <laughs> but there's so many NBA players that have podcasts. Oh, it's a lot. It's and, crazy. And they're yep. all better than we are. Like, will, just substantially, just so much well, better. Okay. You're, you're doing a great job of selling <sighs> no, yourself. Then yeah. everybody, then every NBA podcaster. Then like Bill Simmons. Then literally, yeah, yeah, literally yeah, yeah. every NBA podcast is done better I by NBA saying. players. I, I listened to CJ McCollum. McCulloch's McCollum? McCollum. Yep. McCollum. He's got yeah. a great podcast. It was just him by himself in a hotel room for 40 minutes. He's and great. I was like, this is 
fucking awesome. He's great. Damn. JJ Reddick has a great podcast. Re- Reddick's is good too. Uh, yeah. All the smoke. All Matt the smoke Barnes is, very is good. great. All the smoke Big is fan very of Matt good. Barnes. Even the knuckleheads like uh, uh, Quentin Richardson and, and Darius Miles. They have a solid podcast. Fucking Gilbert Arenas has a podcast. Gilbert like, Arenas, and he is. I mean, that dude just shoots from the hip. I love him so much. He's yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a healthy marketplace. I'd say so. Competitive. Competitive as yeah. well. Healthy, competitive. <laughs> Should we niche down? Yes. Maybe. Absolutely. Should we transition to an Orlando Magic podcast? Probably. No. We never will. Jay, do you know that I have at one point had a NBA podcast? I listened. Uh, it, it was called The Seventh Man. I love it. Was it. Great. it was oh, no, great. Oh, no. No, it was called Seventh Heaven. Yeah. And it was about <laughs> it was a great the uh, seventh concept, best player yeah. on NBA teams. It was great. Uh, I do have to shout out to uh, one of the GOAT Seventh Men. Um, and I'm currently forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was like one of the least interesting like signings so far. Uh, I-, I can look at a text oh, thread. Boy. Wait, this oh, year? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this he, year? He oh. actually is, is still playing. And for whatever reason, someone was like, I got to tweet out that this guy got signed. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mike Mus- Muscala. Muscala. Oh, yeah. Muscala got oh, yeah. a two-year seven oh, mil yes. deal to the Oklahoma City Still. Thunder. Watch bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's great. And I was just like, he's still going, man. Mike Muscala is still doing um, it. His also, dad's still racist. Yeah. And speaking of racist, uh, in the, like, the third episode of Seventh Heaven, no, the second episode of Seventh Heaven, they say the N-word. Uh, what? That's like the plot oh, is like saying the N word, uh, and that it's okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, I it, hope it's not. hard to remember because I, I was just so scared of it, the episode by that point. Why would we choose right. to go this way? <laughs> right, uh, such a weird. Oh and God. also, like the pedophile dad. Right, not um, great. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, but that short lived, shorter lived than your podcast. So yeah, at least yeah. you're still doing it. We're still rocking. Four years in, we're still going. We're Four at, years. We are at wow. 190. I think this this week's episode will be 191. Hey, wow. congratulations! Thanks, that's man. a lo- that's a, that's a long that's consistency Thanks. right there. Not so a lot we're of like people do that. You're like a year into the Trump administration, yep. and you go, I gotta talk about the NBA. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more or less. Actually, yeah, we might have started. Yeah, right around the same time. Yeah, great year. Uh, where were you guys recording on January 6th again? Uh, oh, on January sixth okay. of what year? Yeah. This year? This year. Uh, January sixth. Uh, no, I don't like that he's thinking about it. That's a great question. <laughs> I don't recall. That's a good. That's a good answer. I, I would assume remotely in our own respective homes in the state of Illinois and in, uh, and California. Okay. Okay. Do yeah. You, do you have an alibi for that? Uh, you know what? Let me. Uh, I'll make some phone calls. Uh, mm, this is this is a real Mike Flynn situation. Well, it feels like. Well. Uh, I'll text my. I'll text my doll. Well, look. Jay, we're excited to have you on, and we, we have talked about you consistently, saying we do need to have someone else on this podcast. Yes. Come up a few times. Um, it would be nice. To this is not your second appearance. Be yeah. This would be nice to not just be me and Danny. Um, and today to you know agenda set a little uh, bit of agenda setting. Very mm-hmm. vague agenda set. Uh, organized. We're going to talk about technology in the NBA a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and I think we do have to first start off with talking about how things have gone so far in the NBA. I'm sure you've already talked about it on your podcast, but what do you think uh, just with, I mean, how quickly everything moved for so many things in the free agency uh, <laughs> season yeah great it's, wild, it's wild this is this has been a conversation that's been ongoing for years now yeah um how it's possible that 
uh, the moratorium for when you are allowed to speak to players can be uh, set at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, mm-hmm. and the first deal happen a second after 5 yeah, p.m. Like one single second. It's shocking how fast these deals go down and how agreeable these GMs are on that day. Uh, this oh, year, man. the Chicago Bulls had the first deal of the day. Lonzo Ball signed with the Chicago Bulls at about uh, 5 p.m. and one second yeah. uh, Eastern Standard Time. So it's a it's a problem that. Frankly, we're at the point now with technology where like everybody has a cell phone, everybody has social media accounts. Like there's so many there's too many ways to get in communication with each other yeah. and not enough ways to police them. The NBA is trying to make an example out of somebody. I'm really I'm not happy about the fact that the Bulls are probably going to be the But example. the meme the meme is always insane. The meme on, so on like r/nba is whenever this type of tampering conversation comes up, they're like just to be safe We'll need to take a pick from Milwaukee, <laughs> no matter what it is, like because they're they're like the only oh people God. that actually have gotten screwed. That's what happened ever last uh, year. Last year they 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 struck a deal with Sacramento to sign Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, the man so nice they named him twice, and uh, he. Uh, it was a real Stacy King kind of thing. Shouts out. Thanks. I didn't want to take that. That's a tad. That's a tad line, but I took that one from him. Mm. Um, I wish I could throw that. Yeah, back. no one ever said that before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm someone that has the same name. Twice. Don't worry, uh, Chad doesn't listen to this. In any case, uh, what was interesting is Bogdan. When you ask him, he's like, "Yeah, I never, I never spoke to anybody about this trade." Um, but despite the fact that uh, he hadn't spoken to anybody, agents and teams clearly had. So uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. There was, if you counted the draft picks this year, there was one missing in the second round. It was the Milwaukee Bucks. That was the that was wow. the Bucks. Brutal. Yeah, I think it's uh, wh- what are why like why at this point it's happening. I understand like the thing is like I understand conceptually why people don't want tampering to happen, but like it's been happening since the three dolls. Like since when when LeBron went to Miami, this has been happening since then and prior to. Frankly, like Rajah Bell has a podcast and he was talking about like in the early early two thousands when he went to Phoenix. Like he was talking to Steve Nash on the regular and like. He, there were people on the Phoenix Suns that were also represented by the same agency that represented him. Yeah. Where it's just like, do you think for a second that the agent who's talking to, let's say, the Suns in this case, who just happened to represent somebody who played for the Jazz, and he's just like, oh, by the way, Rasha really wants to play for you guys. Like, we should start having conversations. You think those conversations don't happen behind closed yeah. doors? Like, you can't track all these things. And, like, the NBA, will they'll look into emails, they'll look into text messages, they'll look into, like, Instagram DMs and all that stuff. But, like, LeBron... AD and Russ went out to dinner and basically like orchestrated the trade that got Russ sent to the Lakers because, but like, didn't they do that? Like six months ago. I mean, re- like, pre- yeah, pretty recently. Um, I don't know if it was six months ago, but it was like, it was relatively recently. And let's just like the year 2021. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, it was within this year and it's just like, you're never going to stop these things. You're never going to stop these things. It's, it's fascinating because for, for all the good things that the NBA does or all the things that the NBA does correctly with, like technology and we'll touch on some of that stuff uh in a little bit it feels like they're just like so behind on this one issue in particular and they're like gung-ho about like being like being very stuck up about this where it's like you you can access anyone almost instantly uh, at any point you can be on your phone you can be on your computer like you can message anyone and reach get in contact with almost anyone in the world in an instant so it's like unrealistic to think that conversations aren't just even even casually yeah someone's visiting and like hey you have a good time and you have a conversation you have dinner with a 
your opponent uh, after the game or something, and then a conversation happens. Like, yeah. how do you stop that? Well, and there's one major... And why would you want to? No, well, and there's one major outlier that, like, you don't hear about this in other sports. No other sport, like, talks about, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, moratoriums for free agency and, like, back, back, you know, behind the door, like, behind, like, door deals and, like, all these things that happen, like, you know, in closed, uh, you know, behind closed doors and shit. Like, the reality is, is, like, AAU culture fosters these types of relationships, yeah. and these guys have known each other in a lot of cases since they were, like... 14, 15 years old. So oh, like, yeah. they have ongoing relationships that, that are going, I mean, you're talking 10, 20 years, some it, of these guys. It, well, it, it, yeah, a lot of these players that are coming into the league now are don't know the world without the internet. No. So, like, that's the other part that you have to think about, too. It's like, right. oh, man, there's like, right. yeah. Gen Zers are starting to yeah. enter the NBA. Well, exactly. it's, it's crazy, like, uh, what, one rookie uh, got in trouble, or, like, people were, like, uh, reporters were asking him about how he was calling uh, Steph Curry trash. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, um, I was fourteen oh, yeah. it years time. old, and I was a Braun fan. So, what do you want me to say? Yeah, yeah. like that's yeah. what, and that's what basketball players talk about, right? When it's Bobby like Portis players. got drafted by the Bulls, the first thing that they pulled up was a tweet about when the Heat were playing the Bulls in the Eastern Conference Finals, and he was just shitting on the Bulls, and he was just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was fifteen, I, I was fifteen, I and I love LeBron. What do you want me to do? Yeah, like, literally, like, literally, shut up. But uh, I think the weird, the thing about it." that I think is, especially the last couple years it's been really big in the NBA is because of all of the superstars openly doing it. Yes. Like demanding to be traded, demanding like, you know, like, and they know that they can't touch anything LeBron touches. They know they can't touch anything Curry touches. They can't touch anything Durant touches. How the fuck did all of those things happen? They all were talking about it, and then they forced their hands. Like, yeah, you know. Well, and then, but, but we're gonna take Boban or Bob Boban Bogdan Bogdan. Yeah, Bogdan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna slam Bogdan. We're gonna slam. I mean, Lonzo Ball. Like, well, we're gonna get in trouble for Lonzo that's Ball. My that's my thing. Really like dumb, the, yeah. the 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 deals that they folk that they choose to focus on are so frustrating because let us not forget. That Clutch Sports is owned by Rich Paul, who is LeBron James's best friend. Yeah. And LeBron James, whether he is not officially an owner of Clutch Sports, but like to sit here and think that he doesn't have a major influence on the deals that happen. And also, like, if you look at the Lakers roster during that championship season, like half those dudes were represented by Clutch Sports. Yeah. Like he got them all traded to the Lakers. Yeah. And at this point, like Clutch Sports basically has the NBA by the balls because they have so many guys. Now, granted, Lonzo Ball, clutch sports guy. So, like, he's part of that. So, like, these NBA teams now have to cater to clutch sports, which is basically partially owned by LeBron James. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Like, tampering when the best player in the NBA for the last decade basically owns a sports agency. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and, and honestly, uh, I, I don't really care about for any sport, any professional sport. No. I don't care about the sanctity of the game. No. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. That's why we want baseball players to take steroids. That's why we want tampering. We want all of that because we just want good, fun, entertaining sports because it's a child's game that we pay to watch. Yeah. And it's entertaining. That, that, that's what I think. Man, people forget that so quickly. They're like, literally, it's a game. It's in the word. Yeah. 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 Uh, in, in the sense of game or basketball. Because well, it's not in the word basketball. <laughs> I mean, in the sense of a, it's a game, that it's a game. Right. Gotcha, That's gotcha, fair. gotcha. Uh, but technology in the NBA. So, uh, Jay, you were talking to us in a text thread yeah. about why the NBA is so popular. Yeah. Um, 
So just hit us with some knowledge. You know, you're the specialist here. Yeah, what are Happy they doing to. right? What are the other? What do the other leagues have to take cues on? Yeah. So I think, uh, and for the baseball fans out there, like this has been a common conversation amongst the baseball fans yep. because it's the exact opposite in the way that MLB allows Correct. for major, like for teams and players to leverage or not leverage social media. The thing that the NBA has done really well is they've like they've understood the power of the internet to the extent that they have allowed it to help raise their brand awareness, like dramatically uh jack dorsey was interviewed on bill simmons podcast and he was mentioning that like of all the like sub twitter genres and categories like nba twitter is like top five like the nba found twitter as a place where they could go and live and create newsworthy uh you know tweets and like Woj basically built his entire career yeah, on twitter like, yeah. like all these it, yeah. people they've leveraged social media in a way to just like brand, raise the awareness of the NBA raised the excitement. Like the NBA was never this twelve month a year sport like it was like it is now. Like I mean, not yeah. even five years ago was it I mean, at this level. Literally, it seems as if the NBA does not stop. It doesn't. Yep. Nope. It it's doesn't. Always been the, mind. the news cycle is front and center. A lot of that has to do with Twitter being kind of at the forefront of where all that information is disseminated. All of the every anybody who wants to break into NBA media knows that you have to have a massive Twitter presence. Yeah. It's the thing you have to be out there. You have to be tweeting and like putting your posts out there plugging your blog content like you just have to have a presence because that's where nba fandom and it's global so it allows for you to expand your reach like i played basketball with this guy ricky o'donnell who writes for sb nation and like he's got fans all over the world in germany and australia and shit like that because like the nba is just a global game now where like people are clamoring for it like i managed a guy not to talk about work again but like i managed a guy in dublin who all we ever talked wow. about was the nba like it's one of those things which yeah. is like it's at the forefront of all these conversations um, additionally, I think the one thing that other sports could learn from, and so basketball has a very unfair advantage. It's, it's more akin to soccer in a sense that, um, the guys don't wear any hats or masks or anything that like you see their them. face. It's, yeah. yeah it's they're very, very visible, low, low cost. Yes. They're very visible. Yeah. The thing that I think basketball has over soccer, which why is, which is why soccer hasn't taken over as much in the States as it has in other countries, whereas basketball is on kind of the opposite. And you could see that like. The Olympics, like the the talent that was on the floor across these countries, countries where before like Nigeria, we'd have been like, yeah, no, we're crushed down by eighty. Like there's just not even a chance, and we lose to them because they knock they knock down like twenty threes. Like the game has expanded so much, so and a lot of that has to do with like these guys' marketability, but their ability to leverage social media and like to the extent that they even engage with fans. Like I mean, KD's kind of like notoriously bad and good at it at the same time. Yeah. Where he engages with people, which is what people love about him, but also he engages with people and he's very, very, very bad, bad at it. He's just crazy. He's so funny. It's petty. I love it, though. It's once, hilarious. Once his burner was discovered. Oh, my God. That was so good. He has never so good. recovered nope. his like, but he's so much in it now that I don't like whenever he does something crazy on it, I'm like. You know, at least he's living his truth finally. Absolutely. He's not hiding behind the bars. Well, I mean, he, he references it now, right? He's like, oh, forgot to switch accounts. Yep. Yeah. And yep. It, that, I mean, that is very funny when he does that. Yeah. yeah. So, so who is, who do, who do you, Jay, think is the best NBA player to follow on social media right now? Ooh, good question. Uh, Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards is he, he might be the funniest player in the NBA right now. Yeah. I love him to death. He's great. Blake Griffin's been always been a great follow. He's just he's just fucking hilarious. He's a good um, Evan Turner for a long time was a really great follow. Oh, yeah, that's like right. really really funny dude. 
Um, and then there's just other guys who are just very, they're just like very authentic. Like Dame is a good follow. Like he's just very authentic. He you know, posts a lot of kid stuff, like his kids and, and stuff about like, you know, community efforts that he does in Oakland, stuff like that. Um, there's quite a few, man. There's just like a lot of guys who are just characters. Um, and then other guys who are just like very, they're very authentic, but they're also very open with their lives, which is like, you know, it's a double edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. There's a lot of great ones. The, the other thing that I did want to talk about too, was just like, so a couple of years ago on Reddit, there was a dude who would basically like take every game on NBA league pass, splice it up into basically like a yes. nine minute clip. Uh, right. Yes. So he did it for years. It was this. so good. Yes. He was so good at it. He, the, the consistency of the commentary, Yep. how much time that must've taken. And he would yep. get them up 20 minutes after a game. Like he was just amazing. God, well, so good. And the beauty is like other sports would look at that as a threat to their intellectual property. And instead the NBA adopted this model and even hired the dude. Like, yeah. I think at one point he was employed by house of highlights and then the NBA ended up like hiring the guy. And now if you follow the NBA YouTube channel, like they do just that they yep. take a full game, they cut it up into a nine to 12 minute clip and it allows for people to like digest the important parts of the game or like where the action is, where there's like no downtime and like, get a quick understanding of like, Oh, the Hornets beat the Pacers last night and LaMelo did this. Like they've, 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 they've looked at outside what other sports or other entities would look at as threats. And they've looked at them as opportunities to be like, cool, we're just going to condense the game down because we understand our audience and how they choose to like consume the media, how they choose to consume games. I think, I think some of that too is like remnants of like back in the day where you would either record the game and then like, don't tell me, no one told me to score. Mm -hmm. I want to watch the game myself and see, see what happens. But like, it's impossible to do. Like, I think some people still try that. It's impossible these days. You see something trending. So you get a notification from an app or whatever. So I think that makes sense that they, that, the league like NBA adopts that because you know what I already saw the score but I want to know what happened I want to yeah. know like I, if I'm following a play of uh, a, a favorite player of mine yep. and see how he's developing yep. and like is he's doing good he's doing yeah because yeah. you can you can not only see like game highlights you can see player highlights yeah, right. you can see like every made basket you can see yep. like they they add in defensive stops now like they it was you know at one point it was only the, yeah, was primarily the made shots yeah. but uh, I think that one of the reasons why the NBA is so popular abroad. Uh, is because of how League Pass works anywhere but America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is one of the frustrating. No, things. no league is, is no, doing straight that up. Correctly. I never watched more basketball than I when I was really in Australia, uh, because you could watch every single game. Yep. On demand. Yep. They're during the day. Yep. Most of them because they play late. They they honestly too late sometimes. Like, <laughs> West Coast man. Yeah, West Coast. Those, those ten but p.m. Like, games are rough. Literally, I could have basketball on all day at work, just having it in the background oh, yeah. and every game was there. And you're absolutely right. Like they do such a great job of it, except for like, except for here. Like it's so frustrating. Like the amount of times where I'm like, I really want to watch the Bulls game, but I'm not at home. And it's just like, well, it's blacked out. I'm like you mother. Damn yeah. It. <laughs> and I mean, let's be real. Uh, they're, they're not very good at shutting down the illegal streaming. No. Oh no. Those because pop up left and right. It's no. so that, easy to that find is now. what I have to do if I don't have, cable oh, which yeah. i don't no my brother my brother has to do the same thing like the lakers are good he lives in california and like anytime that the a good lakers game is on like he can't get it because the blackouts are just like fuck, it's man. truly it crazy sucks. it's it really truly crazy it's funny because he was only really able to watch bulls games and they're terrible yeah uh no but like <laughs> no i agree like the, the 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 league pass thing has definitely helped them out i think too like i mentioned kind of briefly the house of highlights thing like yeah major league baseball finds those accounts and they shut them down immediately. yeah so fast so fast immediately now i will say this like you know we talked about kind of the the advantage that NBA players have. The other thing that NBA players have more so than any other sport is like the way that basketball flows just in a general sense 
a player can highlight his best attributes for an extended period of time and that player can become somebody's favorite player like very quickly like if Shaq is just like dominating the paint you're going to go to him time and time again if KD is hot from three he's making stops on defense he's bringing the ball down he's going around screens he's shooting like because there aren't as many people on the on the court because like you know baseball is like it's 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 not, it's, you, know, you have it's, an app bat. Yeah, it's more, it's, sure, Maybe it's, you it's get much four. more stationary. Right. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's station to station. Yeah. It doesn't move as fast. So like that, that creates more opportunities for media to be created, which is why house of highlights is just like, right. Just like dominated. Cause what they do is they find the player that's the most entertaining and they just pumped the shit. Like last year it was LaMelo LaMelo, yeah. any clip that they could find of LaMelo, they pumped it like crazy because that's the shit that people want to see. They want to see the flashy passes. They want to see the dudes that can dunk. They want to see like all this crazy athleticism. And the NBA like just lets them do it because they understand the power of social media and how it can help spread their awareness throughout the entire globe. It, it, it kind of surprised me that like uh, an account like John Boy Media for baseball like is still around, but but you think about it, and it's like he has to modify and edit that so much that it basically becomes original content. Yep. That's kind of how he's won those disputes. Yep. But is but. It's crazy because there are some instances in not just baseball but in football too. And football, the NFL does a little bit of a better job uh, than the, than the MLB yeah. still. But you have opportunities where you look back at like uh, a Fernando Tatis Jr. situation last year where he hit a home run or grand slam and they were up big already and like yep. the league or like some of the fan base or the league itself actually like chastised him for that. Like, oh, you're for breaking, hitting a home run? For breaking the unwritten rules. Yeah. You're already bi- yeah. up big time. Yeah. It just happened to the White Sox uh, in, this in, year, yeah, in, earlier in March year. or I mean in May. Yeah. Uh, Did anybody tell them? Yep. Off a position player. And it's like, those are fun things to watch. Yeah. Did like, anybody tell them that player. there is no crying in baseball? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what a lot of the fans on Twitter are like, what the hell is this? It's Why are crazy. we that's crying so, about this? It is crazy. Like, well, so it's like know. the MLB shoots stuff in the foot, like not even just on the tech side, but also like on the culture Do you side think too. that uh, is the MLB more like overtly conservative than the NFL? Oh, yes. Big time. Yes. Than the uh, NFL? Uh, I know the NBA is like, you know. I'd still, I still. China mm, aside, I the, still, least, yeah, the most woke. That, that was rough. Uh, I'd say, yeah. I, I think. You think the MLB is the most well, conservative? I think it really I, is because they, of I mean, the demographic that they serve. I think if you, if you look at the breakdown of players in the league, the NFL is definitely a predominantly black league. Across right. the board. Right. And that community, not consistently, not across the board, but like more often than not, is going to be more in line with like liberal views and like Black Lives Matter and like a lot of the things that have been happening now. Granted, like there's definitely like the very, very conservative side of it, which is why the Colin Kaepernick stuff was so like just right. polarizing. Yeah. But when you look at Major League Baseball, it's America's pastime. The large majority of players in the league are white. Well, eh, probably not a, Latino uh, at this point, but it's, it's a lot of Latin, like. But at that, but, but at the, the same but time, the, the, the Latino community also incredibly conservative. Yep, yep, so like, yep. there's there's I that right. Like really so like people assume that, that Latinos is. because we're people of color, like we're more liberal leaning. We're actually like not we, but like collectively, it's way more conservative leaning because of the religious aspect and, yep. and things like that that's than it is like yeah. left leaning. Like it just is. So that's part of the reason why baseball is so damn conservative like incredibly. i mean i mean when you think about it like at the all-star game they literally the, the fox and, and the mlb like literally allowed a uh, conservative uh ad right before right in the middle of the game yeah. just like chastising like democrats and not to get political about it but like that they, they literally allowed that advertising saying ah they stole this from yeah. atlanta and blah 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 but so yeah i will say that to my knowledge the 
MLB, you've always been able to wear necklaces and jewelry, right? Oh, That's yeah. fair. Oh, yeah. That's right? True. Like, because uh, the one thing that, like, was it David Stern that kind of reversed the rules or was it Silver that reversed the rules of like letting people dress like humans? Yeah. And not like I was, going I'm glad to a you brought that up because I was going to bring that up. So, what's interesting is tonight, actually, uh, they're airing the documentary about the Malice in the Palace. Oh, really? Oh, actually, it's going cool. to be fun. It's on Netflix. It just posted today. I can't wait to watch it. Um, but the Malice in the Palace, for the listeners who are unfamiliar, was basically an incident in uh, Detroit in like, I think it was 2004 where the Pacers and the Pistons were just wrapping up a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a hard foul was called, little scuffle. Ron Artest, who at the time was basically like early 2000s Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Uh, yep. He very good. like was incredible, like defense play of the year, all-star. He had had some like documented mental health issues um, and has spoken at nauseum about it. To, not at nauseum, but like extensively about it to this day. And uh, basically a fan in the stands threw a beer on him, started a fight. He and Steven Jackson ran into the stadium, into the into the, the seats, and it was. I mean, it basically changed the NBA landscape for about 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, David Stern at the time was like, "All right," because they. <laughs> this is the shit with like. The irony is similar to the Hong Kong thing is like at the end of the day, these people care about their fucking money. Mm. That's all they care about. Yeah. Right. So like the these whole are all decision, just products of capitalism. Yes. <laughs> and the whole decision that David Stern made was like, we don't want to lose our corporate sponsors. So everybody's going to dress like they're coming to a business meeting every day. Little did he know the suits back then were terrible. They were so bad. They were so, they were so, they were so bad. They were so big and baggy. They were so oh, terrible. Man. But like, honestly, now suits when they, when when NBA players decide to wear suits, Oh man, they look well, so well, that was flashy, the other thing I was. Man. I'm, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up nice. because the other reason that the NBA has taken off is because they truly allow for individual individuality. Yeah. Like right. Kyle Kuzma is objectively a bad basketball player, <laughs> but he is so famous. Yeah, dude, he He's he wrote so famous. He wrote in the Players Tribune just posted like that he did a goodbye letter to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm like. Literally, he is that famous. That's crazy because no one like he disappeared for the last two seasons. Oh, yeah. And he's got he's like most Lakers players get the Lakers bump. Yeah. That's just like an that's just a thing that happens. And that's something that follows you for the rest of your career. If you play for the Lakers, you get the Lakers bump organically happens all the time. Yeah. But because of him living in L.A., being in L.A. and being very much in the modern fashion scene and also dating a model he has elevated his persona to the point that, like, that dude has a he has a sneaker deal with Puma. He's a seventh man. He yeah. has a sneaker deal with Puma. It's wild. It's wild. Like exclusive. I'm not talking like every every player has a contract with some some sneaker brand, Nike, Adidas. But he has like a signature. Like, he has contract. a signature yeah. shoe because of how famous he is. Because the, and this is the beauty of the NBA too. Like they do allow for individuality. Like and one of the best parts of their the broadcast mm-hmm. of because yeah. I want to get into the broadcast once once we're done here. But one of my favorite parts is when everybody's coming in the tunnel before the game, before they're in their game clothes. Oh, yeah. Like they oh, usually yeah, yeah. like cut back to like Braun walking in. Yep. Every single time, I'm like everyone. I'm like. Coolest fucking outfit I've ever oh, seen. Oh yeah, I mean there yeah. have Every been time. there yeah. have been NBA podcasts and even Instagram accounts that are dedicated just to NBA fashion. It's that big of a deal now. It's, like it yeah. creates conversations. Russell Westbrook has created a clothing line just because of Dude, his yeah. ability to like really like stretch the bounds of what like you know fashion is. And also just like 
size of clothes because he yeah. at, there was a time where he was wearing small <laughs> yes. clothes yes. Yeah. his he, clothes were too small the spectrum is wide he wears a lot of small stuff a lot of big stuff I feel like every suit Ooh, like that I remember shorts. Westbrook in looks like he's about to rip out of you, it listen if I look like that with my shirt off I would only wear things that were just it's about true. to rip it's that is true. an absolute certainty yeah. the other thing that I did want to mention though on like the conservative and left leaning stuff is like the NBA during the bubble like they very much leaned into that messaging. Yeah. Like yeah, they, they allowed for players really to change their names on the back to like things that were black lives matter supporting, you know, they allowed for players in their, you know, press conferences, post game to talk about Breonna Taylor and all these things. Like they leaned into that. Now I'm, I'm inclined to believe that it is like, I'm inclined to believe that Adam Silver like really does believe in that because he has been in yeah. terms of like commissioners across sports, he has been the most, player first of all the commissioners like he just has been in a way that i think fans of other sports see that because you look at like goodell and like uh manfred Manfred, like these these dudes are objectively terrible commissioners and people loathe them whereas adam silver has leaned into like this is the players league the players drive this league they're what they're what make this league he constantly talks about that 100 percent. he constantly 100 percent. well i also think like uh the Players Association of the NBA is a super powerful organization because really? they have Chris Paul. He just, and they have, he just stepped down. He too. just stepped down, but just it's CJ, right? Oh, wow. Now it's CJ. It's and CJ's the man. Dude, that, CJ's going to kill That's it. like such a good He's person to pass really, it off really to. really, good at it. Yeah. And like you always have Braun in the, in the thing. Like right. I was, I was uh, listening to Chris Paul on Old Man and the Three, uh, uh, the JJ Reddick podcast, and he was kind of talking about how he's like, you know, it's the, the amazing thing is text threads he's like most of our business for the players association is just like the leaders of the nba basically of the players like it's braun it's it's all of the people uh that are kind of like the decision makers of the players and they just quickly make decisions chris paul's the person that then communicates what's going on and they all have like assistants keeping them on 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 track and i'm like yeah they're like yeah we don't really meet like we don't need to meet we just like all check chat it's almost like you don't have to work in an office (laughs) interesting (laughs) technology man see so it's crazy now for all of the good the nba does with technology because i mean we could get into like the longevity of players right now and why that is because of the tech we could could even get into nfts we could get into we could we could (laughs) players streaming video games on twitch Um, stuff yeah danny's refusal to ever change this to time based (laughs) it's all measured based and i don't understand where but right there that's 30 just 34 just 34 minutes it's not an hour and 34 what's the one it's the first hour i don't know whatever no that's not how that works all right we're we're really derailing here but <laughs> the one place that the NBA has refused to innovate, hmm. as of today, most games that you're going to watch, be it streaming or not, are max 1080i mm. resolution. Not 1080p, not mm. full HD. We're talking <laughs> yeah. below that. We're talking yep. 720p, 1080i, yep. uh, 30 frames per second, sure. best case scenario. Yep. And there are sometimes where games will be in 4K, but that's usually if you're in Canada. Yep. Or it's a primetime game. Or it's a primetime game, but not on TNT. It's crazy. Uh, like, this is a problem across the board. It's just sure. like... Yeah. It really is. It, like uh, when, when uh, we watched a couple... Uh, we watched a finals game after a podcast yeah. on, on, on the projector. And this, I have Sling TV for it, which everything else in Sling TV looks great. Looked like absolute dog <laughs> shit. Like could barely... like. 
tell who was who was who. And right. I'm like, this is 2021. Yeah. Have it be in 4K. Yeah. What are you doing? And there have been games like the All Star Game. They take more seriously. That's in, like it's it's an ES. It's an NBA slash. Well, I guess it's it's a TNT production. Like they go a little bit more, like. I guess I don't know if it's I don't know that it is 4K. Frankly, this is outside of my wheelhouse, so yeah. I don't know that it is or it isn't. But yeah, it is. It is. It's unfortunate because like you watch like like the NFL has like really leaned into that like big the, time. The, the NFL like, camera work has gotten really interesting. Yeah. It. Like the yeah. last super, the last two Super Bowls are just like oh my god, like is this a video game? I can't it's really tell. Like, it's just yeah. weird. Well, but but the Olympics, way. like yeah. the Olympics right, coverage yeah. for almost everything was terrible. But what they were doing for the basketball, yeah. It was like we were playing, you were in 2K mode, yep. camera-wise, right? Yep. You're following the action, and it's swinging around. Why aren't, we do, why aren't they doing that? I, I think what you're saying is we should bring the NBA back to NBC so we could get the round ball rock again. And like oh, just bring yeah. It yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, into saying. that. It's just like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why like, the NBA doesn't seem to be like trying to innovate their TV product, which is the thing. That is suffering the most yeah. in popularity. As everything else that we've talked about has gotten more and more popular, uh, except for I think this finals because this finals right. popped a little bit. This, this finals did pop it off. did a yeah. little bit, but like finals viewership hasn't been good. And no playoff viewership hasn't been good. Regular season viewership has been bad. It has. I I don't blame uh, the pandemic fully, and also you know I'm not the conservative blaming that they have Black Lives Matter on the court, and that's <laughs> sure. exactly why. I was sure. like, no, it's just the NBA product. Uh, for TV during the bubble was just a less fun version of something already not super yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they need to do, but they need to try something different in their approach to the product of the game. Like, yeah. Which is crazy because when you think about like the game itself, like the pace has increased so much, the scoring yeah. is much higher than it ever has been in the past. So they're, they're, they're they obviously need to tweak something on the TV. I, I do think though. So, so there's a couple things that come to mind. So number one, some of the stuff that we actually talked about, is oftentimes taking away from viewership, right? So, like, the ability yeah. to watch yeah. a game sure. Sure. after the fact on League Pass or watch a condensed version, that takes away from viewership. There have been so many conversations about, should we start the season later so that we can play into August where there aren't very many sports going on, baseball's dwindling down, football hasn't yeah. started. Yeah, yes. There Why are. Not? So what's interesting is I, w- I, can't, I can't remember which podcast I was listening to, but the, the dude was like, I talked to a high-level NBA exec, and he's just like, you act like we got like we don't crunch the numbers. Like we've never looked at the the, pot- the potential for like how this looks if we go later. If we the reality is nobody watches sports in August. They just don't because they're going on vacation. That's fair. They're just not watching TV That's at fair. all. Honestly, though, a place that I do watch a lot of sports is when I have done my day of my vacation mm-hmm. and I'm settling down for the night because I usually am like the TV's not really worth watching a movie. Sure. That's what I I watch a ton of NBA games when I'm like traveling. Yeah. Uh, so suck that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, anecdotal, sure. Fair point. Fair point. I'm not you specifically. Sure, no, no, no. I was saying I didn't that feel, unnamed exact. I didn't until right now think that it was directed at me, but now I'm questioning. But no, I I don't disagree with you. I think the product. What, what's interesting is like a lot of the stuff, like I said, that we talked about is definitely taking away from viewership. I do think too. So you had brought this up, where. There is so the Olympics actually created a really interesting conversation, which is there are rules that need to be changed in the NBA yeah. because yep. it's starting to become a little less fun to watch. And I think we can we can acknowledge oh, yeah. that like oh, yeah. I know where you're going. Dude. You know, there's there's beauty in I think what's so it's a double edged sword. 
one of the things that made the NBA really popular over the last couple of years is that the players that are dominating outside of like the unicorns, like the Giannis, the KDs, and the LeBrons, yep. they're smaller guys who just torch from three. Yep. That becomes way more relatable to the average fan, fan especially young fan, than yeah, I'll never be a six foot nine guy who can also shoot from three yeah. and like is built like a fucking Tank, like tight yeah. end. Like, yeah. I'll just never be that. So that has added to a lot of the fandom that is like the step, the, the love for Steph Curry, the love for Dame Lillard, the yeah. love for like, you know, Chris Paul and some of these smaller guys. It's definitely added to the game, but it's also gotten to a point now where you have guys like them, like James Harden, like, you know, so many of these players where like it's become this very like catty game where like you can like cheat foul calls and you can like yeah. create yeah. contact that is incidental but also you get a foul call for it to the point now where the nba just announced this week that they're actually going to be policing those and they're going to start calling offensive fouls instead of defensive fouls, you, which is fucking beautiful do you think that was directly related to the discourse on twitter online about the product of the olympics versus the product of the nba do you think like that's how quick they moved I, on I it will, or like, was it already planned i don't know i, I it's don't hard think, to say i think, I think it it's probably a a, i think it's a product of both i think like the reality is is like you know going back to twitter as being kind of like the focal point for conversations like if we just make it hyper local like part of the reason why gar Foreman got pushed out here in chicago was there was a mass oh, man mass movement on twitter yeah. to the point that, that we created insane. a fucking billboard, billboard. Yeah. in the west that. loop all based off some tweets and just a thread on twitter that I'm, led to this billboard i may or may have not contributed we may have always not? contributed how could you not i think i contributed from australia <laughs> you had to right and like these things happen all the time in this league to the point that like these conversations are happening online the nba is very much privy to it and I think that they probably knew that they had an issue, but when you see the excitement and like all these people talking about Olympic basketball, yeah. it's just like, cool, well, now it's time to launch these things that we've probably already been having conversations about, Like, but people are going to get fucking jacked up, and also we yeah. can get them to focus less on the tampering bullshit that we're like trying to police. Yeah, because yeah. this, man, like, one of my least favorite things, and because like I, I enjoyed this final series, but like one of my least favorite things is just, and we've talked about this in the past, like, how, how like the the final five minutes of a game just is brutal to watch, just yeah. absolutely brutal to watch. That that five minutes becomes 30, 45 minutes. Yeah, I heard something it's the other day. Insane. Somebody was like, "We should basically adopt um, kind of what the NBA All Star Game has been the last couple of years, which is basically like there is an end score, like whoever gets there first is the winner. I don't there hate is that. Yeah. there is no like that would be sick. It's crazy that like <laughs> like fouls are used. And an advantage, and they're supposed to be a bad thing. You're not supposed to foul. Like, right. you're supposed to be deterred from fouling because it can get you fouled well, out. I mean, so many games uh, in their final minutes that are like vaguely close, mm -hmm. they still do the things yep. that make it drag out for 45 it's minutes. Oh, I'm it's like, my least favorite thing. I'm like, straight up. I hate it. If it's 30 seconds and you're down 12, the game it's, it's is done. over. Yes. Just. Dribble it out. Yep. Like, we don't need, like, I, I don't know if it's, the NBA says you have to play hard. Like, if it's a rule, like, you actually have to try to win the game yeah. until the final 10 seconds or something. Yeah. I don't know if there's a rule. Like, there might be. It's tough. Like, and but I this think is always going to be a thing. And I think you can deter that a little bit to some extent by, like, I don't know, my, this is just, like, off the top of my head, like, deterring uh, the amount of switches that you can have at the end of a game. Like, instead of, like, bringing in a defensive player specifically so they go foul someone, uh, start like cutting out. To lock in your yeah, final. Right, like, kind of like how soccer does, where it's just, like, cool, substitution, once yep. you do it, like, game over. Listen, the NBA is taking a lot from, like, international soccer and European soccer. My two co-hosts on NBA are not here for it. I am 100% here for it. I want it all. 
granted, we'll never be able to get to like relegation. That's like an extreme version. That would be, but well, I mean, soccer's just that. It's big just that overseas. big. You can do that. Yeah. We can't really do that here. Like even as big as basketball is, but like you know, there's like there's all these things about like yeah, the potential of okay, in the final two minutes of the game, like whatever. Whatever your five is from the two minutes, that's the five. There's no defensive substitutions. Yeah, make your right, calls right. now. They also they've made some like really interesting. They they will always and constantly try to make adjustments to it. Like for example, in like the mid two thousands, you might remember there was a period there where like people were just hacking centers. And yeah, they were doing yep, it all yep. the time. Like before the center even got past half court, they were just grabbing him and like forcing him to shoot free throws, and it was awful. And the and the NBA they came down. And they did the best that they could to like police it. It's basically non-existent now. Yeah, yeah. Um, flopping. It's still a thing, but it's gotten substantially better because there are now penalties and fines and fouls that can be called against you if you are like blatantly flopping. Yeah, and that's like one of the bad parts that they've taken from soccer. Yes. Uh, yeah. There was one. I don't know who. Like in the in the playoffs this year, there was one where like a kind of like a soccer moment where you see the player realize they should sell the flop. After, like, far <laughs> after the thing happened oh, yeah. where it doesn't yeah, really yeah. connect anymore. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, and I remember, like, I don't remember what game it was or who it was. It might have been LeBron. It's possible. It might have been LeBron because I know he does that. But the announcers, like, you know, sometimes, like, what, Jeff Van Gundy? Mm-hmm. Like, well, not sometimes. Jeff Van Gundy will sucks. suck all the time. And the, the only thing he talks about is how it was better. He's such a curmudgeon. It's he sucks. Uh, he's not fun. But, uh, they were just like the announcers were like, um, ooh, uh, ugh. yeah. Oh, I do. I do remember. <laughs> um, I do remember that. Yeah, he. Uh, I do. Remember like it's that. like they're. I think it because it was LeBron. They were trying was, to figure out like you got to tell I the company can't say line. bad stuff about LeBron, no. but. <laughs> yes. uh, maybe he thought he got hit. There's, nah, dude, that's a flop. <laughs> oh that's, a flop. that's a flop. That's a flop. I remember last year during the bubble, the Thunder were playing the Rockets, and like. That was the collection of two of the most like strategic slash caddy players in the NBA and James Harden and CP3. Yeah. And the last like two minutes of the game was just them like trying to like gut each other into fake fouls. It was so frustrating where it's just like they were both like getting close enough to each other to be like, oh, so he, bad, he touched man. me. And just like this. Just stop yeah, this shit. Yeah. Just stop it. I, I, I would like to see the rules get back to like where the offensive player has just as much right to be wherever it'll, as the defensive never, player. I know. Gonna, it's because it's, it's like again. more injury prone. It's not only is it injury prone, but like offense sells, like scoring yeah. sells, high scores yeah. sell. Like and my we, brother and I went to go watch the Nets Bucks and they had a very like late 1990s game where the final score was 86 to 83 yeah. and we were just like ready to throw our beers on the on the floor because it was just like <laughs> this is awful basketball what is happening yeah, yeah i mean we Nobody just talked about it. it we want the players to roid up we hey, want to see home runs well, it's like, we want to see yeah. put up points i don't know go it, crazy maybe it's like in the final 2 minutes like something some change for like the end of the game yes uh, I do think that's that some of the changes. The I do think that some of the changes that Adam Silver and the NBA announced this week are going to be good. They even like what was interesting is they posted videos of things that were called fouls last year that will not be called fouls this year. And they were like, just a highlight reel 20, of James Harden. You, you, a lot of that. <laughs> some Steph Curry stuff, like going up for a shot and like jumping yeah. into like the side, like all this shit that we're just like, oh, that is so not a foul. We're like, it's putting a little bit more of an advantage in the defender's hands a little bit. Um, we need to go that way a little bit. A lot, yeah. 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 A lot more than we do now. It's just, yeah, we're too inclined yeah. for, like, contact and well, fouls. And it's, it's it, like, uh, 
again, JJ Reddick was talking about that idea of like fouls and stuff. And he was like, well, for me, I actually have a natural shooting motion that pushes me forward. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I shoot. I go forward by six yep. to eight inches. Yep. And he's like that. And you will look at that. Any shot I take, no matter what, I'm always that. Yes. And he's like, so I get a lot of fouls because of that. Yep. But you would not say that I'm baiting fouls and no one really does. No. As opposed to someone who kicks the foot out, yes. who has you know more of an upright shot. There are there are some like there are some uh, outliers that like yeah I jump a little forward like I lean back a little bit when I shoot but then there's the guys who are like leaning in with their shoulders like yeah. pump like it's like yeah James you would never Harden shoot like that, James right. Harden does this thing that is so frustrating and I'm hoping that they get rid of it which is like he will find a way to like go drive to the basket and hook your arm yeah. as a way to like draw a foul. Yep. And it is so frustrating and he knows that it he can do it. Annoying. The yeah. NBA continues to call it. The referees continue to call it. And I'm hoping that these are the types of things that they'll like put into play and just like cut all that shit out. You know, you know, you know what, what would help solve a lot of this stuff and, and maybe, you know, fix things. If Kanye just dropped a damn album. <laughs> oh yeah. That was our final topic. Good transition. Uh, so, you know, I think at, at one time, I would say us three were some of the bigger Kanye West fans that I knew. I would say like we've all connected about Kanye West multiple times throughout our friendships. Strong opinions about different albums too. Strong opinions about different albums. Uh, Really quick, let's go through which is our favorite Kanye album before we talk about Donda. Uh, Do you want me to start? Yeah, you go first. Oh man, it's so hard. Uh, It depends on the time of year for me. Um, uh, my favorite summer y- Kanye, <laughs> summer Ye, Sanye, San- but okay, because uh, we're in summer. That's right. We are. Uh, Life of Pablo. I, I don't, love I Life don't of Pablo. Life of Pablo. I really uh, people dunk on that for no reason. I, no, I think it's, it's good. one of his stronger wrong. albums. I'm um, not saying this is best, but I would say album. though the one that is my favorite is my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Mm. It's just the most complete package for me. Yeah, I listened to that a lot in college. I think for me, a late registration is still my number one. Like we'll always be. Even more so than College Dropout. College Dropout, like you just there's a nostalgia behind it. But yeah, sure. late registration, yeah. I think, is just objectively a better album. Um, yeah, that's always gonna be my number one. Yeah, always, always. I think I'm also gonna go with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Uh, Jesus is kind of up I there love for me Jesus. personally. Jesus, I really yeah. like Jesus a lot. Um, 808 I, is actually. I love 808. Is so much. I, I was gonna I, say 808. I thought, you were gonna, yeah, yeah. I thought you were gonna go with 808. I thought you were gonna go with 808. Well, I just that like, one has aged much better than it was ahead of its time. It yeah. was really yeah, because most most music. Sounds well, like all it. of his stuff was ahead of its time. Yeah. Every time he yeah. released an album, everything sound sounded yeah. like it for the next five yes. years. So don't like, but none of us said ye. No, none of oh, us God, said no. uh, whatever the blue Jesus album. King. Jesus is King. No, uh, although there's a couple tracks that I fuck with them. <laughs> <laughs> there they are. That one with Kenny G gets me every time. The Kenny, oh, okay, that does that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty sweet. And then I would say, like, you know, of things he produced, like uh, freaking uh, Pusha T's uh, album he produced right oh, when man. everything was really getting bad yep. for liking Kanye. Uh, still, like, one of the best sounding albums of that. Oh, year. yeah. Well, even Hands historically, down. man, like, he, he did some dips out albums back in the day. Like, he produced, like, Camerons, a bunch of Cameron tracks, a bunch of like most deaf tracks. Like, there's just the 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 production that is Kanye West, and, like his history of yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's people insane, like appreciate dude. how good of a producer the, the, he is. Yeah, He's so like, good. the shit that he touches is just like it's it's almost always gold, almost yeah. always. Yeah. Uh, so Donda, and this intersects with the NBA because he is currently still living in the Atlanta Hawks Stadium, correct? So uh, 
Atlanta United, the soccer, the MLS. Oh, it's, oh the yes. MLS. that was never the NBA stadium? No, no, no. Mercedes-Benz Mercedes Stadium. He is living in like some side room in the MLS stadium. It's, 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 yeah, it's, I would it's say, uh, you know, I have never looked up the name of the stadium. <laughs> I had just assumed, why would he be in not the NBA stadium? You, you wouldn't, yeah. Uh, so I feel like we haven't like seen a hype for a Kanye album like this in a while, no, right? This because is max level. This is, this is insane, right? Well, it's because he, he has really tried to hype so many things over the last four or five years. Yeah. And like, to be honest, like Donda was the album that has supposed to come out like six or seven times. Yep. Like this is almost his, uh, what is it? The, what's the graphics, the fabled, uh, album of Kanye's that's never been created. It's like turbo graphics. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. Damn, but like, yeah, it's yeah. like the, uh, the whispered one, but then Donda is always is has always been the other one. Yeah, like the other album that Kanye always wanted to make, he just didn't make this time, or did make and then scrapped and like. So I think that he's always scrapping stuff. He's always scrapping always stuff, scrapping but stuff. I mean, has so what are you, what are, is this is this going to be worth it? I mean, so and Kanye in twenty twenty one, like what are we? <laughs> What are, like I I don't know. Man's in a weird spot in it's his life. It's really confusing. Yeah, I I'm interested to see like post breakup divorce. I'm not really sure what to call that situation. How that's going to factor into this. The other thing too that's like you know you talked about like him hyping it up. Honestly, it's less so him and like the rest of the people that have like had a chance to listen to it around been involved. him. Yeah, like yeah. everybody around it. Like Kanye Twitter. Basically. Yeah, like it's yep. crazy. Like I was texting with Danny the other day where I was just like. We were all, it was me, him, and Diana talking about like, oh, Donna didn't come out today because I woke up, I opened IG, and I was just like, me well, too. it's Friday, it's gonna I'm be here. I'm a clown. And I was just you, like, you guys are driving me nuts. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, Danny, you like texted me, like, uh, or no, uh, Kyle texted me. He was like, hey, you're gonna stay up for the release of Donda. And I was like, this time fucking coming out. <laughs> It's and so, that was like the two weeks ago one. Well, it's crazy because I literally made a TikTok like alluding to that, like, it's not gonna drop tonight. And then, like, an idiot, I stayed up. Hoping no, that I mean, it was gonna drop. Yeah, I'll believe a Kanye West album drops when it's out for a month. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, and he's, and he's like done, done tweaking it because he I tweaks mean, it. Yeah, post-release. like Life of Pablo yeah. uh, sounds different than it did when it was released. Yeah. Like, there's oh, a couple songs time. on it that sounded like trash, oh, and then yeah. he just changed them. Yeah, like I remember, I distinctly remember like him playing Wolves on SNL, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. yo, this song fucking hits. And then when I heard it on the album, it's like pretty close but it sounds a little different like and then they re- he, he redid yeah. it and it's yeah. like oh you got it back yeah you got it back. <laughs> yeah it's uh i don't know man it's like i remember back in college when he was doing like the new music fridays before he came out with like yeah. my dark twisted mm-hmm. my, my my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and it's just like I, I oftentimes wish like we would get back to that which is like yeah just like give us a taste just like a little just a little snippet just give us a little something and like yeah. they gave us the commercial uh the like the, the beats by Drake commercial where they played the song in there and like that's that's all well and good i i'm inclined to believe like there have been few albums ever that Kanye's put out, except for Ye, where I was just like, I don't like any of this. Like, yeah. That was like, I think the only one where like across the board, I was like, this is just terrible. Um, I couldn't even, I, I tried. It's so bad. I tried. It's, it's so, like, so terrible. It's just, it sounds like garbage. It's, uh, it's bad. It's really bad. It's rushed in every capacity. That's not, yeah, it's such a bummer. I am hoping, I'm hoping that like the, the separation from, from Kim Kardashian getting reconnected with like dudes like GLC from Chicago who were like his best friends growing up and like were on college dropout and were like the people that were there for him when he was going through his, you know, his, his, his manic and depressive episodes, like have been there for him. And like now he's reconnecting with some of those folks. There's some other shit that's like concerning to me, but like Kanye is always going to be Kanye. Like 
you know, I, I can't remember if he was, I think it was you, you and I talked about this the other day, like the same shit that like drives us crazy about him is the same shit that makes him a fucking genius. And it's just, yeah. like, I don't know. I haven't really been disappointed by anything but yay. So like, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that this is going to be, I'll be bumping it probably for a couple weeks. Yeah. I mean, I just, I want, I want it to be good because I yep, like, yep, yep. I like having Kanye West as my favorite artist. Yes. Like, uh, I always have liked Kanye and I was someone who staunchly defended all of his craziness until sure. it got, you know, past the point of no return where I'm like, all right, yep. uh, this far. is a, I got to go through my Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of me defending Kanye West being insane. And I kind of oh, maybe overstepped God. here. Uh, no, I don't tweet, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless you're AMC of, around fast and furious times, that's like basically my only tweets are like, Hey, when can I get a fast and furious right. ticket? We are staunchly in our thirties. We use Twitter for customer <laughs> service now. But like, uh, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> Tweeting at Delta to get updates on our gate changes. Yeah, right. Hey, Delta, right do you know planes? Where are they at? Uh, but it is, I want to just be excited for Kanye. And I think like the thing is, you know, like Tyler uh, was always like, hey, not cool, but whatever. I'm still friends with Kanye and like Chance. And like everyone's like stood stood behind him within his circle. And I think that's kind of cool because... Uh, people have said a lot less dumb shit and have gotten like totally yeah. taken down That's by true. the world. And yeah. like Kanye West is one of those levels of fame where, I mean, he is Trumpian in the sense of y- you cannot kill him with bad press. Mm-hmm. You can only make him stronger. Uh, and maybe like that's kind of part of the reason why he was interested in that yeah. era of yeah. our world. Uh, because it's like, oh, no, we're kind of similar, weirdly. Because, weirdly, yeah. they're kind of similar. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, so much so that he threw his name in the presidential uh, yeah, yeah. candidacy. Yeah, That's, yeah. Uh, Illegally in a lot of ways. But, uh, in, yeah, in most. You know, in most I just ways. want the Kanye West who tweets about water bottles on airplanes. Mm. I want... That was peak Kanye. The peak, the peak. peak Kanye where he's just, like, making music, you know, stepping on stage, talking about how Beyonce should have won an album, uh, still being absolutely wild. Yep. Uh, but it's just making really good music <laughs> through it. Like, that's the thing. Like, if ye was good, yeah. no one would have cared. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think there's a lot of hype. And the, the only thing that caused me some, causes me some hesitation is just, uh, and I've talked to both of you about this, is just the, the crowd that is there and the people hyping up the album right now are likely, like, yeah. if you're attending these live shows. Yeah. For, for the album release. You're a super fan, and chances are that you're going to like anything he releases no matter what. Right. And yeah. then anyone else that's like super wealthy or a friend of his that's also hyping it up, they're yeah. just they're gassing up their friend, which of is course. which is great, of course, right? But that's the only thing that causes me a little bit of hes- uh, well, hesitation. But the fact that he's not speaking as much, though, is like what keeps the hype for me in the back of my yes, head. Yes, because like, when, when Kanye West goes dark, focused, when yeah. he goes dark, Magic happens because, yeah. like, before all of his best albums, he goes dark. Like, yeah. uh, when he's trying to tweet about stuff too much, that's usually when he's unfocused. Yeah. And that's, we're going to, most of the time, that stuff gets scrapped anyways. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Like, and, when you think back on Life of Pablo, like, it was pretty much like just crickets up until it. Yeah. Like, you would only hear from the feature artists where, like, Chance was like, ah, oh, fuck, like, I was trying to get on the album, but, like, I came in too late and, like, all this other shit. But you never really heard from him. Whereas, just like, when Ye came out, like, he was very much in the like, in the zeitgeist. Yep. Yeah. It's one of the crazy things with with him and like the, the music stuff because 
I get, I get like any reservations that anyone has now at this point of like still being a Kanye fan or not, um, or supporting his music, but it's like, you cannot just deny the fact that the man has completely redefined the music landscape oh, multiple yeah. times Absolutely. in his career. He is multiple the, times. he's the most Anyone's important. Anyone's lucky to do it one time. He's the most important artist, uh, in music currently alive, yeah. I would say, in terms of like impact on yeah, like on, what he has on his done to date, yeah. yeah. On it. Uh yeah. I, I think it's also really cool how we just have like new Kanye and Tyler. <laughs> like we just it like very similar, oh, man, like yeah. uh is gonna be that kind of person. And I think it's really interesting, like who's like there's just always gonna be a next innovator in music. Uh and it's really cool to see. One thing about the Twitter stuff or like going to the show. Name one movie that had bad Twitter reactions. They all, during that like time where Twitter is okay, Twitter, you can start saying stuff about the movie. If you've seen it early, it's always, this is the Jungle Cruise, best movie ever made. <laughs> you know, it's like, can't believe how incredible oh, all of it was. <laughs> like, everyone's loving it. And then you see it, and you're like, oh, this is dark. It's a great example. Yeah, Christine is really frustrated that I have not allowed us to spend $30 to watch Jungle Cruise. I'm like, listen, it's not a movie we have to watch now. We can just wait until it's free. Yep. Like, who is who needs so badly? They're so far into all of the movies in the world that you could possibly watch that have ever been made that they're like, I got to go. $30 on Jungle Cruise tonight. I do love Emily Blunt. I, I really like, no, hey, love The Rock, love Emily Blunt, love a good, good old fashioned adventure. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But no. <laughs> I'm going to rewatch National Treasure and National Treasure 2. I just want. Which I did last weekend. <laughs> After I went out with you, I watched oh, National oh Treasure. My God. And then I the turned, and then did. about 30 minutes in, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pop on two. <laughs> And I did, Danny. I got a. We were talking about beers that are getting oh, taken away uh, from Molson Coors Company. Yeah. And a lot of them are. Well, honestly, the more I think about it, it, it is racist what they're doing. What Molson Coors you, is I'm doing is you. straight up racist. I'm telling you. Uh, they're taking away. Well, racist and alcoholicist. Because yes. it's all of the ice stuff for a lot of their brands, Ooh. all of the heavy alcohol Keystone stuff. Ice. Gone. No Old English. Old 800. English. Yeah. See, exactly. You knew. You knew. Uh, that's crazy, yeah. right? That's insane. It's a, a Mickey Ice, uh, what Cobra? I think. Right. Uh, I think I have that one. Yeah, but <laughs> I had a steel reserve. Oh fuck! <laughs> oh shit! They are so disgusting. They should be thrown into the trash. Oh no! Okay. It was right. disgusting. I'm so that was you took that bullet for us. Yeah, too. National Treasure Two, Little Steel Reserve. I, not good. <laughs> Don't do that. What a night! <laughs> what a night! <laughs> Uh, you know, now we're in hour two, which means hour one. (laughs) So I think it's time to wrap up. Uh, Jay, um, really sell the podcast. Don't, don't, don't say there's other podcasts like yours because yours is unique. Yours is unique. Thanks guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, check out MBA. It's MB dash Y a Y. Uh, we've been doing it for four years. Uh, we've got a series of episodes. If you're wanting to go back in the logs, we basically reviewed every season from when Michael Jordan retired until, 2019, 2020. Those were fun. Um, nice. We went through every single season just because there was no NBA. Um, but it actually turned out to be a lot of fun. Uh, this summer, we're going to be doing... Uh, we're still kind of on the fence as to how we want to do this. We're going to be doing a movie watching series uh, during the off season. We're going to fo- focus exclusively on Keanu Reeves. Uh, we're going to be calling oh, it yeah. Woe. 
a Keanu Reeves podcast, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be really exciting. Wait, 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 sorry. <laughs> now, is that a new podcast? No, nope. it's not. It's just gonna be on the same it's on be the on NBA the same feed. Yep, it's gonna be on the same feed while we're waiting for the new season to start. Unless there's like a major uh, <laughs> occurrence during the NBA offseason, we all agreed that we needed a little bit of a break from <laughs> NBA talk because, in retrospect, we haven't stopped in oh, almost man. a year and a half. So, uh, yeah, we're doing a Keanu. I, I was just so prepared for you to say we're going to watch movies about basketball. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like, oh, that's going to be no. cool. You're I was like, well, like Mike, Mike, yeah. that's going to be so fun. No, not this uh, no you're not going this straight up. Just <laughs> nothing related just to the NBA. Yeah, yeah, I get, love it. Like, yeah. That, we are, if, that if, might work. If that you're looking work. for something in an NBA podcast, you want to look at us because we're the podcast that talks about NBA shit, but mostly we just talk a lot of shit. And, you know, we're going to talk about Keanu Reeves movies. And uh, just kind of, you know, we're, we're diverse and we're, you're, we're multi-complex beings and that's just what we're going to do. You know, I got to say one last thing um, before before we end. Okay. I, I appreciate that you're rocking the merch here. You're rocking the merch. Oh, yeah. Go get a hat. Get a hat, Go get a hat, get a hat people. Hat. And more important than ever to get our Vax hat. <laughs> uh, Seriously. Yeah, because it actually counts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us this week, Jay. This has been the DMGT Podcast. See ya. Bye.